Hello and welcome back to Business of Film. This is episode number 15, a CraftTruck.com podcast. My name is Jesse Eichmann, and today we welcome the CEO of Tug.com to the show, Nicholas Gonda. Tug is an amazing platform. Nick is a very insightful guy. Put the two together, and I think you've got a, a formula here for how do you help filmmakers get films into theaters? And that question is answered in detail on this show. Now, without diving into any of the details of the show, because you're about to listen to it, uh, a little bit of housekeeping. If you're enjoying listening to Business of Film, and as a big favor to us, us being everybody at Craft Truck, Craft Truck, please head on over to iTunes, write a review, let us know what you think. Uh, it makes a big difference. Helps to spread the word. Uh, helps uh, within, I don't know how iTunes does it, but part of their algorithm of what they show people to listen to, it helps. So if you take the time and do that, that'd be awesome and really appreciate it. Helps spread the word. All right, here we go. Episode number 15, Nicholas Gonda. Thanks so much for having me. Appreciate you taking the time today to, to join the Business of Film podcast. Uh, I, I think today's going to be a fun episode because, you know, your, your company, Tug, while it sits somewhat outside of the business, is still very much part of the business. And what I mean by that is you're, you're a platform, you're, you're, you're a digital company, but you're not really a distributor. Or I'm kind of just trying to just, if you could take a minute and just kind of frame for me, who is Tug? Sure, sure. Yeah, so for, for those of you that haven't heard of it yet, Tug, T-U-G-G dot com uh, is, as you say, a platform that enables any film to play in any theater in the country so long as there's demand for it. And the way that we've created that is we've uh, formed a, a very broad partnership of movie theaters. It right now includes over 85% of the movie theaters in the country, as well as a, a, a catalog of content that's um, everything from studio films, past and present, mini-majors, as well as independent filmmakers that could come right to Tug and onboard their title. And uh, ultimately what happens, it's basically like Kickstarter for your movie theater, where if enough people in every single event has a, has a very specific ticket threshold, the amount of tickets that need to be sold, and if that's reached, then that uh, movie will play at that theater at that designated date and time and auditorium. So it creates an on-demand experience in a theatrical environment. So there, there's a lot to dive into, and I, and I want to really get into the, you know, the nuts and bolts of Tug and how filmmakers can utilize your platform to help with the distribution of their films. But before we get there, I want to know a little bit about you and how you got started in, the, in this business. Can you take me back to your background and the inception of, of Tug? Sure. Well, as I was in school at, at uh, NYU, I would simultaneously run back and forth from class to focus features where I interned and ultimately worked, um, you know, all, throughout pretty much every department of, of focus uh, while I was while I was there in New York. Um, and, uh, you know, and around the time I was nearing graduation, I, I realized that that I really wanted to, to be on the front lines of production. And so I started working with filmmakers and ultimately had the great opportunity to produce for, for Terrence Malick, where I've spent the last many years, um, you know, since, uh, you know, Tree of Life and, and onward. And so I came to production with a, a distribution mindset and background from my days at Focus. And uh, ultimately, as we would near the marketing and distribution of his films, I, I was always thinking about it through that lens and trying to 
understand, you know, how the the changing climate of distribution as a whole, both in terms of, you know, obviously how we experience content at home and in so many other places other than the movie theater, how that was going to affect the the movie going experience, especially for a filmmaker like Malik, whose movies are are destined for the movie theater and to be experienced, you know, in that great majestic environment. And so uh and so it really started with with the question of how is social media, how is the proliferation of, of, of VOD um, going to affect that, that timeless experience of going to the movies? And at the same time, I would have so many people ask us, why can't we see Tree of Life in this small town? Or why can't we see uh, this director's cut of the new world in, in, in this city that never had the opportunity to? And really up until the point that we started developing Tug, we only had excuses, not logical answers. It was just a matter of the right pieces not being put in place to eliminate the risk involved for movie theaters as well as distributors to be able to say for to see those films in those localities versus you know having to say no just because of the the speculation of if there really was going to be an audience for it and ultimately that's that's what we determined and that's what we 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 discovered is that by eliminating that risk and by filling the risk of whether there is or isn't going to be an audience with total certainty then it opens up the opportunity for really anything to happen in terms of programming, and that's what that's what we're fortunate to, to be discovering now every day. And, and just because you met, you mentioned the we, who is the we in this uh, in this equation? So the, my co-founder is Pablo Gonzalez, um, and Pablo oversees the the operations and the technology of Tug. Um, he comes from a, a deep background of technology, and uh, and so yeah, from the start we partnered and, and brought our mindsets together. Um, to really harmonize the technology and the the, the industry um, aspect of, of what we do, and uh, and make sure they share a, a, a common nucleus. So that that's the we, and then we're fortunate also to have a, an incredible team of people um, who have been with us since the launch of the company, who oversee you know all of the different departments that that uh, we have under our roof. So it's interesting. You're not a technology guy by trade. You did you come to this uh, to the idea of tug? Uh, via just your experiences of distribution and then uh, connect with Pablo uh, or and then say, you know, was this essentially forming the partnership to create the idea or did you and, and Pablo have some kind of, a, you know, connection or, or crossing of business minds, uh, and, you know, before uh, the creation of the idea and then the idea kind of manifested itself just by you working with him. So I guess what I'm asking is what came first here, the chicken or the egg? You know, it was it was really a matter of looking at a problem, looking at the way that decisions have been made about what films play in what theaters, and knowing that there was, and you know, still is obviously great opportunity to innovate on that. And so it started with with really just that question of how can we improve upon this problem, a new technology, you know, both online and 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 in these movie theaters itself with digital projection and everything else that has just really laid the groundwork for incredible change and and uh you know and 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 then we at that core level we put our minds together and as as we started looking at that problem and identifying solutions um you know we did so kind of in full partnership from our perspectives now when you started this uh did you have any major or any competition really that existed at the time because obviously you do have some competitors and i want to talk about you know, your competitors and how you differentiate yourselves. Uh, but when you were first getting going, were you looking to the market and seeing some of these other, you know, uh, uh, you know, socially minded, uh, you know, distribution ideas 
uh, at sort of the, this grassroots level? Did that exist when you were forming the idea, or were you kind of tackling this, you know, fresh and new out of the gate? In, in terms of demand-driven, you know, distribution, um, no, I, I, we, we really didn't see anybody else in the market. Um, you know, the, the idea itself, um, crowdsourcing movies to your town, of course, you know, that, that's something that I think, um, you know, many people would have had at the time, especially with the trends of, you know, the earlier days of Groupon and Kickstarter when all of, you know, the, the behavior of collective buying of group buying was starting to become much more mainstream. Um, you know, our goal, you know, was and, and still is to just master the execution of it as, as best as one can. And, and ultimately that's what, you know, We'll, we'll set anybody apart from competition in this space. It's it's you know the idea like a like making a movie. The idea is 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 one thing, but then ultimately how that transpires into production through post production into distribution. That's what separates uh, you know every movie from the other. Now the the site itself, by the way, I have to tip my hat. It is a beautifully designed website. You know, uh, eloquently executed, uh, and I'm sure many 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 hours of programming labor went into it. Um, yes. when you Thank first, you. when you first got started, um, I'm sure the first iteration of the site, you know, was nowhere near as clean as it is now. Uh, and so I'm kind of curious about the growing pains that you went through when you were first developing the idea. Um, and, and not only, you know, as you mentioned before, onboarding, I guess, clients, which in this case would be filmmakers, uh, but also getting the theaters to buy into it, into the, you know, and how that sort of integrated into the whole, um, design of the site or I guess in the way everything kind of interacts with one another. So from an organic perspective, how did the site grow and develop? Uh, what was kind of wrong with the site in the beginning that is now improved? I just want to kind of get an idea of, uh, because you're really a technology company that's playing in this you know wonderful space of film. So in any technology, there is this, this kind of growth. So I'm kind of curious to know, can you kind of take us through a little bit of, of the growth of the company? Sure. Well, you know, one one of the things that we realized early on, um, you know, as a result of having great advisors, you know, on board that have worked with, you know, movie theaters for for many decades, worked with studios for many decades, and 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 have been able to study how those operational systems work, is that the the greatest way for us to be able to have the most amount of impact, you know, as you know, as soon as possible, was to not expect people to revamp their entire systems in order to work in this way, but rather that we would build in to the existing operations, to the existing systems, and at first ask for for our partners to do little different from what they're normally doing on a day-to-day. And as a result of that, as a result of plugging in versus expecting people to recreate to suit our, our purposes, then we would be able to to really innovate and not 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 you know expect people to uh, to innovate for us and and so we uh, that that was our mandate out of the out of the gate was to spend a lot of our development process studying and learning how do movie theaters operate on a daily basis how are they making decisions on a daily basis both on a corporate level down to a local level and how do we build a system that can just be another instrument at that table and um, and and that's I think really what uh, you know what what took the most time early on is is just going through that process. But ultimately, you know what we what we developed and what we continue to develop is something that um, you know harmonizes within those operations. And as a result of that, and as a result of not asking too many people to do too much different than they were already doing, it enabled us to be relevant very very quickly. When you say plug into the way the theaters are working, uh, can you kind of answer that question of 
how how are the theaters working? How did you pl- uh, you know how did Tug plug into you know the quote unquote the, the way theaters are working? And I the re- and I want to frame this question from I'm a filmmaker. Let's just say I'm putting my place in the filmmaker, and I believe that to the extent that I understand the way a theater will make its buying decisions will help me be a better filmmaker and or producer. So uh, from that perspective, as Tug plugging into the way the theater owners work and operate. I come back to the question, how do, how did they, and how do they, you know, work and operate and how does Tug fit into that? Sure. Well, I guess on, on two different levels, there's a purely operational level about how decisions are made, carried out and communicated from say a national movie theater chain all the way down to each one of its local theaters. Uh, I'll spare you all the details of that, but, but I think a great efficiency of Tug today is that filmmakers don't have to necessarily waste the time trying to navigate those waters, um, you know, and now, you know, leverage Tug as a resource for that and be able to focus more on the most important part of the equation, which is the outreach and the promoting and, and the engagement and, and growing of one's audience. Uh, that, so operationally, you know, we, we can have a, a whole separate discussion of, of what we've done to kind of build in and essentially create a, an Expedia for movie theaters to be able to target underutilized space and fill it with, with audiences driven by, you know, the, the promotion of, of titles on Tug. Uh, in terms of, you know, the... I think there's there's oftentimes a big misconception. A lot of times you'll hear people recently making you know very inflammatory keynote speeches condemning movie theaters. Uh, one thing we've realized is that movie theaters are are there's extremely innovative people under those roofs under those roofs and and people that are are, are eager to participate in innovative distribution processes with with filmmakers directly. The problem, of course, has been that if if the average movie theater today is operating at around a 15% utilization rate, meaning 85% of the time there's empty seats in those theaters. Um, Sorry, then, I, I'm going to pause you right there. Is, 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 are, is, are, is that a hypothetical example? Hypothetical, that, that's, or is that that's, true? Yeah, the MPA next month will probably release the latest based on last year, but that's been the the average utilization rate of a movie theater is around has been over the last few years around fifteen to seventeen percent. That's insane. Uh, so you're, you're you're almost building a uh, or you have built in a way. Uh, it's like the airline model for uh, you know adjustable costing for for the price of airline seats, but you 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 must have this same algorithm, your own version of it, but for theaters. That that that's that that's the core part right there is that theaters are are just as eager to fill those seats as filmmakers are you know so there's there's definitely a mutual interest there's a shared goal but the problem has been in the past how do we get there and so for for a movie theater to speculate on you know how if a film will actually come with an audience that has been what has caused you know these these barriers to be put in place and usually we'll see you know in the past theaters ask filmmakers well how much money are you going to spend on marketing this and asking really these these questions that relate to some of the older more antiquated vehicles of promotion we know that one could spend many thousands of dollars marketing within a locality but that in itself doesn't mean there's going to be an audience so what we realized is that by cutting through all of that speculation by having a scoreboard that both of us share all of us movie theaters filmmakers and knowing that once this threshold is reached, then the question of if or there if there is or isn't going to be an audience is completely eliminated. And that right there is the core of what we're all looking for: the movie theaters, the filmmakers, distributors, everybody involved. And so that that is you know to answer your question about integrating within the the existing decision making process of a theater by sharing that scoreboard, by aligning everyone's interest in a turnkey way driven by technology. 
that's where you know we we've we found the key that unlocks you know so many doors and opens up so many possibilities for filmmakers to get their their films on on screens that they otherwise wouldn't have been able to. I, I, I got to tell you, Nick, I, I find this personally absolutely fascinating. I, you know, I'm a little bit of a, a student of you know all things both technology and 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 film, and you know, just by virtue of doing this podcast and speaking to interesting people like yourself, you, you find out stuff that you just you, you never knew, and and I just what the way you're, you're tackling the problem of the utilization rate, uh, I personally find this so fascinating. So I, I, I want to peel back a, kind of an, an, another layer on that, which is, um, was it difficult to get the theaters to buy into Tug at the beginning? What was the process like to get them to say, oh, yeah, yeah we'll, we'll do this, to come up with that formula for, you know, the minimum amount of, you know, bums in seats before uh, they say, yes, we'll program it. Uh, was that a difficult process? It, it was one that required a lot of, of thought and planning. We, we worked with, um, you know, an incredible theater operative, studio operative, who's currently one of the, the heads of theatrical at, at Focus, named Jim Orr, from our earliest stages. He's somebody who we were able to really learn from, you know, on behalf of the, the you know, who represented the interests of both studios, um, kind of the traditional institutions and the, the movie theaters that we were working with, so that we were speaking their language from the start and, um, you know, and, and understanding all of the costs involved. It was at a time where VPF, you know, the virtual print fees and the integrating deals were being put in place. And so there was a lot for us to really consider to make sure that, you know, when, when we say that these thresholds for every event in, accommodates all of the minimum economics associated with that event, we didn't want to say that and then discover that, that that wasn't the case. So it was a lot of time early on just to learn, all right, where are all the costs associated with a single event? And, and, and to make sure that, that we were accommodating that in the business model so that everybody would enjoy a truly risk-free process. And, uh, and so that was, yeah, that was, it was definitely a, a strenuous process because there are so many variables. But once we made sure that we were taking everything into account and that we were building a model that, that truly would eliminate that risk, um, you know, we, we knew that we knew that we were on something that the, the math actually works. There's a way to do this where an audience, you know, demanding ahead of time can overcome all of the hurdles for that event. Um, you know, and, and once that once we realized that was possible, we knew that this this model would would work and scale. So question for you then. Um, and this is. I don't know, it's more of an operational question, but it's certainly, you know, it, it kind of factors into the whole thing. You're a, a large chain, let's say, and you have a, uh, you, you've got multiple Hollywood blockbusters and some mini majors. They've all set their date for the weekend uh, at their theater, and that date, you know, maybe set months in advance. And of course, the theaters, you know, they're making their decisions on a weekly to weekly basis. So, uh, just getting just just physically getting the room mm-hmm. at the theater with enough advanced planning uh is there enough i mean y- yes the inventory may only be 15% but even if you've got two people in a th- in a theater mm-hmm. that theater was still pre-booked by a hollywood studio at some point even if they're on week 4 there's sure 80 to 90% of the, the seats may be empty but that theater was still booked mm-hmm. how did tug i guess overcome that, uh, you know, operational problem in just creating the ability for programmers to basically, for filmmakers to basically program their film at, uh, I guess, quote unquote, any theater. And sure. 
Well, any any time that we onboard a feeder into the tug system, whether that is a, a single, you know, independently owned feeder in you know a, a bigger small town in America, or if it is a national chain, that's that's one of the key things that we determine with that feeder partner at the point of, of onboarding is when do they need to know definitively if that if that auditorium is confirmed or not, which basically means if that threshold was reached or not. And in some theaters' cases, if there's a, a multiplex and they have 14 screens, it could be as little as five days. Others, if it's a single screen or a multi, you know two or three screens, it could be anywhere from seven to 14 days. Uh, whatever that is, depending on that particular theater. That's a, a, a point that is input within our system at the point of onboarding, as I said. And so we know that whenever we launch an event page that's approved by that theater, it has to reach threshold by that point so that we're able to communicate to them whether or not it has been reached. Now, on the topic of competition, you, uh, you are obviously very well known in the industry, uh, obviously still gaining traction within the, within the industry building, uh, but you do have some competition. Uh, and I, I assume that more competition will follow, uh, as is inevitably the case with things that, you know, are successful. How do you differentiate yourselves right now from, you know, your, your, your competitors out there? Well, you know, I, as I, as I mentioned before, I think that the benefit of spending so much time in the development stage, you know, ahead of launch, um, you know, just, just gave us very deep roots and, and both the relationships offline as well as the, the systems and technology online are, are incomparable to, to anything else currently on the market. That said, very aware of and never dismiss any form of competition. Um, and so every day we're, we're looking at our systems, we're working with our partners on all ends, theaters, content, promoters, and, and we're, we're, we're a type of company that is, is very technology driven. So we're always thinking about how do we not just theorize what will make our systems better, but how are we every day doing something to concretely improve our offering to our partners? And I think that the way that our system is built, the way that our team is built, um, our overall philosophy is, is one that really sets us apart in, in every way, shape, or form. And I think that when filmmakers use this system, while, of course, as, as you said, we, star, we still are in, a, in an earlier growing stage, I think that, that most people find that it's it's pretty incomparable to anything else that they've experienced. Um, and, uh, you know, and that's, that's what we're striving to make sure is the case, you know, from, you know, from launch and all the way through, you know, you know, 10 years from now, that that's, that's our mandate of ourselves is that, you know, there, there are no experts in crowdsourcing. There, there's really students. We consider ourselves to be a student of, of, of what we are seeking to do and, and everyday learning and applying those, those lessons. So as a filmmaker, uh, you know, wanting to obviously, let's say, you know, plug into the, 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 the tug environment uh, for a film that I may have produced, uh, you know, what, what are the, the takeaways that you have seen? And I'm almost asking this question because you're such a technology-based company. Uh, I'm, I'm kind of asking the question from the perspective of, you know, what are the analytics of what's successful and what's not successful? What, what are you learning uh, you know, from from having seen so many films come through the the tug system, what are you learning that you can kind of impart on filmmakers to say, you know, this is what seems to be working well, this is what's not working, not so well. Sure. Well, I think first and foremost, it's a matter of realizing your expectations for what you're hoping to achieve 
with any platform, you know, including Tug, the same way that if one is trying to raise $50,000 versus $5,000 on Kickstarter, it's going to impact a lot of how they plan to use that and what they prepare to, to launch that campaign. The same thing goes for Tug. When, when any filmmaker is, is contemplating Tug as, as, a, as, a, as a resource for your campaign, first and foremost, it's understanding, identifying what are your expectations? What are you trying to achieve? Are you trying to achieve a 100-plus screening initiative? Um, uh, in in which case, obviously, that means that you're going to need a team. You're going to need a you know an outreach team. You're going to be able, need to identify who are potential outreach partners. It's a much broader type of thought process than if you're trying to do a ten to fifteen city approach, where you might even be able to achieve that by leveraging your cast and crew and direct networks. So it, right out of the gate, the first question we ask filmmakers when they start to use Tug is, "What are you hoping to achieve?" And then together we can put together the most realistic strategy guide for, for how to get there. And, and I think that especially in our space and in, in film and in, in distribution and a process that technology is one part, but ultimately it relies on human will and engagement. It's a matter of everybody being very straightforward with each other about what is possible. And so one of the things that we, we try to do as often as we can is be realistic with filmmakers with what we think is, is, a, is a realistic expectation based on both what we've seen in terms of use of our platform um, as well as, you know, just more general opportunities for their film to reach that type of motivated audience that's going to go through the steps that it takes to create a successful event, which is obviously, as you know, a very motivated type of behavior um, to take place at large. It's people that are truly vested in your content and, and are going to, you know, intuitively be promoting it to their local communities. So you, it's it's a big part of it up front is really assessing and, and understanding potential and then putting together the framework to execute the same way we do we do during production you know coming up with schedules milestones goals and and that's that's what we see as the best use of our tug is when filmmakers approach distribution with the same mindset and collaborative spirit as they they do production uh, sounds like you get pretty intimate with the films that come through tug in terms of helping them form almost a distribution strategy. Their ex- you mentioned their expectations. So I guess what I'm curious about is, you know, how much are you guys just a platform upon which filmmakers can you know plug into, and how much are you you know really getting your hands dirty, which it sounds like you are on a film by film basis. You know, we it's it's a great question and something that obviously we, we want to be able to spend as much time as possible with, with every filmmaker. The reality is as a platform it's it's difficult to. So what we've done to try to accommodate that is we have weekly conference calls, for instance, where filmmakers we can have essentially a, a festival like panel experience where there's a real inner communicative type of environment where filmmakers could be speaking to each other, to us, um, hearing from from you know others questions that they might have not even been able to think of themselves and, and learn from each other. And that's that's something that we we we're, we find is a great way to be able to create a culture of of education for ourselves as well as for filmmakers. Um, we do have you know every filmmaker does have a point person that they're able to um, communicate with to get up and running on tug Um, and so we do roll up our sleeves and we do work as closely as we can Um, the reality is the most successful films on tug are ones that have designated outreach people whether it's professional or you know volunteers that they've been able to find through their direct networks um, you know that are able to, to to integrate with us but not rely on tug for the outreach i think that as with any platform 
today. You, you can't, you know, while of course it's, it's great when you could feel the windfall of the traffic that exists on these platforms, uh, never to rely solely on that. There always needs to be a locomotive outreach component, you know, built into the film. That's where we see the most success. And, and so we, we love to, to, to work with filmmakers that have that kind of anatomy within their, their team. That's awesome. Uh, you know, although it, it kind of begs the question, uh, because of that, that straddling of both worlds, uh, are, do you consider yourself a distributor? Which no. Using a platform, or do you consider yourself a – I mean, so not at all. You do not consider yourself a distributor. We don't. We don't consider ourselves a distributor. I think we have we have too much respect for the function of you know the pilot of that plane. You know, and, mm. and I think that the, you know we are we are a tool. We are an efficiency. We're a resource. Um, but to think of Tug as, as a distributor, I think that that carries the the connotation of well, you leave it there and it'll come back. You know, fully formed. It'll you know the way that I think a lot of people think of traditional distribution. We are a partner. We are a collaborator. Um, you know, but but the that locomotive force that is continuously building community and focusing on implementation of you know that strategy that's developed up front, you know that that is something we we, we like to be very clear with with filmmakers up front that uh you know we would be doing and anybody would be doing a disservice to you by saying that that um that that's what they are if they're a platform because uh you know that that's inherently not what a platform is. There are certain folks who are very critical of. Theatrical distribution, uh, theatrical distribution, just the, the 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 model that exists today for uh, theatrical distribution, uh, and so I I don't want to put you in a tough spot, but if I were to ask you what you <laughs> felt was broken in the theatrical distribution model that exists today, could you pinpoint that? I mean, I I I know to a certain extent, Tug solves part of the problem, but I kind of want to understand what that problem is. Sure. Well, I mean, I think that it, this, that ulti- you know the the exact answer to your question is different for depending on the film and what the what the overall goal is for for theatrical within that campaign. But to speak broadly about that, I think that you know obviously based on the traditional economics of all right, we're going to release in fifteen cities, and we know that in order to play in those fifteen cities, we're going to have to spend this much to acquire you know, this much of an audience. And usually theatrical is a, is a massive loss leader that people are going into debt in their overall campaign, hoping that it'll pay off somewhere else. Uh, the reality is that for a lot of films, nobody's actually winning. There's, there's 50, you know, say you release traditionally in X amount of markets, um, the audience that you do accrue, there's very little engagement with a lot of times when you're, you're, you're not necessarily you know, inter- interacting much with those kinds of passive ticket buyers, and you sail through that window without much social capital, which is the most important from from our standpoint as well as so many other people that are working in in direct distribution today. The the focus and the emphasis, you know, is 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 more so on the social capital, the engagement you're having, you're forming with your audience um, that will continue to grow and expand all the way through your ancillary, you know, the, the ancillary aspects of your of your campaign and and so to speak specifically i think that for for too long we we've been convinced that theatrical just carries this price tag that we have to pay to get get to the next round but we're not embracing the true possibilities of theatrical and and there's there's a film that we worked with last year that spent three months doing direct outreach to their social networks it was a film centered around veterans and 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 uh you know different organizations that that carried that that goal and that mission to help 
expand awareness of, of veterans groups around the country. By the time of their premiere, they broke the Guinness Book of World Records for most tickets sold to a movie event and then carried on to now have over 150 uh, city release using Tug as, as a platform. Um, and they're engaging directly with every single one of those ticket buyers. By the time it went to iTunes and the digital platforms, um, Snag helped them you know, get to, to all of those uh, all, all of those platforms, they were the top-selling documentary on iTunes for over a week and a half. And that was as a result of, of the direct engagement that they had with their base during the theatrical window. Uh, so unlike, I think, a lot of the kind of more outdated functions of theatrical where you're just kind of sailing through it because it's a fixture that you have to get past, we're now seeing more and more people use this as an opportunity to truly build community. And then that becomes a savings account that is that is continuously growing and 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 yielding interest unlike previously where it was just expended and uh you know and 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 not necessarily something that you could retrace or or recount after the fact yeah well, i mean what you're talking about there is truly you know the the the, the social media you know bank account uh that you know people are creating for themselves when they you know correspond you know directly one-on-one with each as you say individual ticket buyer and creating that individual relationship uh, what are the what are the things that you're seeing filmmakers do to help them actually get to the point where they are creating that that you know that relationship? And I want to take this answer beyond well, we use Facebook and Twitter because obviously everybody kind of says, well, yeah, that's <laughs> you know, and 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 you know, the, the engagement on Twitter is really low. Like it's not it's not it's sure. not really that big. It's it's small. Facebook it's problematic these days. You could have. You know, with edge rank, with only getting to you know ten percent of your of your brand. I mean, Facebook is saying now that you know it's just going to keep on getting worse and worse and worse in terms of brands, of which a film is a brand on in you know in the Facebook world. Uh, it's just going to get worse and worse and worse. Trying to you know reach back out to your community without having to pay for it. So beyond beyond Facebook, beyond Twitter, what are filmmakers doing right now to create that relationship? Or maybe the answer is, well, that's what they're doing. But I'd love to hear your perspective. No, I I think that... That again, it's 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 different for for every film. It's different for a doc than it would be for a narrative. It, it's it's it. But what transcends all, it's the mentality of. Th- there's no number that's too small in terms of building a community around your film. I think a lot of times when we think about, oh, well, this event could only you know will only have a hundred people in it. We think that that doesn't necessarily deserve one's attention, especially when people are thinking so broadly. I, what what we've learned from from. The, the, the most successful filmmakers have been those that have realized from the start, whether they used crowdfunding to, to fund their film or just were continuing to build email lists and, 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 and treating their fan base as their community. Even if one is going to go ultimately and make an all rights deal with a distributor where it'll be somebody else's job to, to nurture it, it'll always fall back on you. The, your, your core fans will only trust a distributor if you tell them to, if they were with you from the start and if you really trust them. And so it's, it's realizing that from the start, as a filmmaker, you are a community manager, as, you know, first and foremost, in addition to making that movie. And, uh, you know, and, and yeah, Facebook, Twitter, um, direct email, sign up, those are all instruments that you're able to use to manage your community, but it's the commitment that you you consider it to be as important as brushing your teeth that day to, to, to focusing on what have you done to be able to either nurture or grow. And usually those are, are synonymous, your community. And, um, you know, and, and there's, there's so many examples now that we've been fortunate to see of, of how 
wonderful it is, uh, and, you know, at the last mile in distribution when filmmakers have focused on that from the first mile. And, um, you know, so speaking most broadly, I think for anybody listening to this podcast, it's, it is just that commitment first and foremost, and then finding the best structure of a team, realizing that the same way you turn to your grip or your gaffer or if your, your cinematographer to carry out their responsibilities, putting together a team of, you know, at least three, four people that are working alongside of you and able to carry out responsibilities, whether it is keeping your team, your, your, and, and, and distributing calls to action at the appropriate times, whether it is, you know, making sure that you have the opportunity to be present for certain events where there's opportunities to grow that community and you have the right instruments to be able to track and, and, and engage. Um, you know, it's, it's really going into so many of the best practices that are being discussed today and, and creating a division of labor that can be realistic, realistically carried out by a team that, that you keep very close to you. And that's, uh, that's what we see as driving the most success ultimately. Yeah, and that, that really does sound like the secret sauce of what makes Tug so successful. And uh, I, I think it's something that filmmakers can take to heart, that you really never can start too early uh, in building that, that community. So let me, let me kind of, as we're kind of winding down here, just a couple more questions Things I want to pull out of your brain before we wrap up here. Um, the the festival circuit. Mm-hmm. Uh, how does uh, how do filmmakers on the festival circuit, uh, you know, relate to Tug? Because there may be this notion that you go to a festival, you want to get the big distribution deal. Maybe you don't get it. You don't get picked up by a distributor. Oh, okay, fine. I'll try and self-release it. And I, I know that that, I, I know even by me throwing that out there, that's completely opposite to what Tug is about. But uh, because of, you know, I, I think everything that, that Tug stands for. But I still believe that to a lot of people, that's that's how filmmakers think. And it may be backwards right now. So I kind of want to address the question from the perspective of, you know, how does Tug and film festivals, you know, what is the connection there? Um and let, let's just start there. Well, it's it's obviously a great a great landscape for filmmakers to build their community. Um, we we encourage filmmakers to to be as present as they can, virtually or physically, uh, engaging with those people who are seeing their content first. And and as we said before, you know, as much as one can, get their email addresses, include them in their community, continue to keep them posted because even if they've seen the film already, they're the best then sources of of word of mouth for, for the next people to hear about it. Um, you know, and, and regardless of what, if one is going to uh, obtain a traditional distribution deal out of those environments, it, it still is in, in today's climate as, in, if not more important, even in that case for a filmmaker to have their own community, you you know, wh- whether it's for your next film or for that particular release, the distributors are only going to do so much, uh, and it's important to understand that up front. What is it that they are realistically going to do, the responsibilities they'll carry out for your content? And you'll find that even with the best of the distributors, there still will be room and a very important place for you to be engaging directly. And the more that you've taken time during that, you know, the, the, the festivals and obviously before and after, um, the, the greater that release will be. You, you, the distributor will amplify that, you know, but, but it'll come from you. Does does windowing matter in the tug uh, world? Uh, are you do you feel that 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 your audience is still that you know theatrical still needs to come first, and therefore tug needs to come first, uh, and therefore you know if you 
trying to, I mean, can you be doing a tug model while at the same time be on iTunes or be in broadcast land? Uh, sure. You know, like, is, is there an overlap? Just, just I want to talk. I want to just tie into the idea of windowing and, and tug. Yeah, it, it, you know, on on a functional level, there's certain movie theaters that have, as you know, an, an embargo against films that don't have a 90-day theatrical release window. So from the first time you, you exhibit theatrically, 90 days will lapse before you, you go onto other platforms, um, other, you know, digital platforms. That That is something that if a theater partner of ours has that rule, has that guideline, then we obviously honor that the same way we would if, if certain theaters don't show unrated content or NC-17 content. We just play by the rules of our theater partners, and, and if you have a film that has collapsed windows, then certain theaters just would not house that content, and so it wouldn't, become, it wouldn't be available for promoters to promote in those theaters. Tug, as a company, is, is obviously very much a part of discussions that will hopefully drive more progressive stances on windowing we 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 um we realize just working with so many independent filmmakers because they're not giving a 90-day theatrical window isn't because they don't respect and cherish the theatrical environment it's obviously in today's climate one has to be very creative with their distribution strategy so for some that is the right fit for others they uh you know they, they will pursue a, a a pure theatrical window like honor flight and build a community that then will come with them and and have a more sym- symphonic arrival in 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 the digital platforms um it really we love the discussions we it's obviously one of the most important subjects of our time right now and uh and we you know we we work with all different types of strategies you know up and down the spectrum Nick, I, I got to thank you. I feel like there's really so much more interesting insights that we could probably pull out of, you know, the the current state of the union and 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 tug. But it just sounds to me like you built such a comprehensive, well thought, uh, not only business model but just way in which filmmakers, you know, can really really advance the you know their their ability to get their film in front of audiences. And so. Uh, you know, thank you for, for coming on the show today. I, I really appreciate that. I know people will, will take some wonderful stuff out of what you said. Do you have any parting thoughts on, uh, you know, that you'd like to leave with, uh, with our audience as we kind of wrap up today? Oh, I just I want to thank you for having me and thank you to your, your listeners for, for having me. And, and uh, yeah, we, we're really looking forward to, uh, to working with, um, you know, everybody who feels this is relevant to them. And you could come to tugg.com and and uh, submit your film is on the bottom of the uh, the page and, and that's where we can start that dialogue so we look forward to working with you that's awesome thanks again nick thank you